Yo, what's up, guys? This is JB here. Today is Saturday, the 27th of September. Um, I'm sitting as we speak in the Casa de Dan White. I say that in Spanish because he looks kind of Spanish-ish. And exactly. And I'm also here with B. Smith. I'm also here with B. Smith, um, who is uh, world famous for his Polaroid change as released last night in the one-on-one section. Obviously, a lot of you guys checked that out. And it's gotten great reviews. If you haven't checked it out yet, check it out at theory11.com forward slash one-on-one. Uh, we've had a crazy week uh, with the David Blaine dive of death craziness. Um, we got to meet a lot of you guys down at the site. I know a lot of you guys um, also saw the Dan White. Yes. And uh, it, no, we had a great time. The whole special I thought was incredible. Um, finale obviously did not go according to plan, but the magic on the special, which is what uh, guys like Dan White and Danny Garcia, Doug McKenzie, etc., have been working on for the past year, I thought was unbelievable. Um, so tonight, uh, for our Saturday night contest, we wanted to do a roundtable discussion with you guys, so you guys can ask questions, and you have. So uh, we're going to get to them and start this off. Um, the first question I selected tonight uh, it comes from Ben Long, and I'll start this off with uh, B. Smith over here. And he asked, what inspires you to create a trick? Do you just want to achieve something original or do you want to get a specific effect? Or do you take already existing ideas and try to develop them more? I think it's all of them. Um, I, I like to look to uh, magic has always been about taking an existing effect and improving it or, or trying to make it more visual and less like funny moves and, and more streamlined. Um, so that, that goes into it. But it's also about looking at anything that you see in your daily life and try to make an effect out of that. Uh, it's it's like every time you're like doing something in, in any situation, you could always try to create a trick out of it. By like, it's it feels like a treasure hunt. You know, it's like taking it's like your mindset gets into the the point where you look at something and say, "What can I do with this?" And it's just like it, it's like no matter if you have that mindset, you almost can never be bored with with what, whatever you're doing. Like you could pick up a glass and say, "What can I do with this?" You know, or, or can I do something better that, like that's ever been done? Like there's a coin through glass. How can I do this a different way? So it's like everyday objects, everyday experiences, old tricks, making them new. All of that um, are inspirations, and and just having that mindset of trying to make something happen out of a, an ordinary everyday object is uh, is really uh, what drives uh, the creative process. And and I look to to create a trick. Um, I'll switch up questions. This one's, uh, I'll ask Dan White over here. Uh, it comes from username is insert username here. So I will, um, I'll call you the dragon. Um, <laughs> he asks, what is your role model for life and magic? Do you have any particular magician, um, that you look to for inspiration for creating or just his work or style or even performance? Uh, well, I've got a lot of magicians that I respect of any ones that stick out, ones that first come to mind, um, are people like David Burgess and uh, David Copperfield, actually. I think both of those guys sort of encapsulate what I think magic is. Uh, Burgess on the mental side and Copperfield, you know, on more on the theatrical side. Uh, and I think it's important for everybody to sort of have role models and mentors at the beginning to sort of guide you along the way of what you want. But in the end, uh, it's important to realize, you know, who you are as a person and, and what you stand for and, you know, what your character is, and then sort of incorporate that with uh, what's gone on before you. 
Um, next question I see is on page two that we're going to go to, post number 11 by Naomi Ihara, I believe is the pronunciation. Um, it's a good question. Um, B. Smith, you can answer this one if you want to jump in. We were kind of just talking about this earlier today um, and talking about effects for Theory 11 and what we're trying to do in terms of educating the youth of magic and bringing up this generation. She asks, or he asks, uh, what do you believe a beginner in magic should first learn, and what do you feel more advanced magicians often overlook? Uh, I feel like a beginner in magic should learn the basics. Um, start at the beginning. Don't just dive into the most difficult thing and try and learn it because you miss like fundamental steps and, and building blocks to um, that that will come that will be like so valuable and important to you later on when you as you keep doing magic. And if you miss those, you get into the wrong habits, and those wrong habits can be an obstacle to overcome um, once you've uh, once you've gotten to a certain point. I think uh, advanced magicians often overlook the looking at things from the eyes of a spectator, looking at things with a with like not like through a magician filter. So like I mean, if I do a trick, I'm I'm looking at it as a magician. I'm looking for things that only I would look for, and I forget the beginning when I would look at things with uh, with fresh eyes and as a spectator that would give me that feeling and that that um, that feeling of magic and and. That's what like I, I, I see a lot of advanced magicians overlook. So it's always important to remember to um, try to look at things as a spectator. I mean, it's hard to cut that off sometimes, but try to try to look at things as a spectator and forget that you're a magician when you're witnessing an effect or coming up with an effect and f focus on how it feels when you do it. Yeah, I, mean, I completely agree with, with B. Smith on this. Uh, you know, for the beginner, the fundamentals are the most important thing. Uh, without them, you can't really go any further. It's just like uh, music or art. You know, a musician starts learning their scales and learning their instrument. Art, artists, you know, start learning learn how to draw at the beginning. And the same thing with, uh, you know, magicians. You have to learn your core things. And with those, you can, you know, use those tools to be more creative and follow, you know, your path from there. But without those things, um, you, you can't go any further. So a lot, I think a lot of the problem with today, some beginners, they find the coolest trick or the newest thing and they learn those but then they you know they don't know sort of what's gone before them and, and the fundamentals that are, are needed for creating really good magic um see a question here from dr nick and you guys might have to think about this one for a minute it says do you have any funny or interesting stories b smith used to work in david's office as well do you have any funny or interesting stories you'd like to share about working with david blaine and while you're thinking my only thing from this past week was literally five minutes into the stunt um <laughs> when me and Dan White standing directly under DB and he looks at both of us and goes, this is not going to be easy. <laughs> this is like five minutes in. Um, right. Right. Do you have anything else you can think of? Oh, that's God, there's so many. I mean, I, you know, just a few months ago while we were filming for the show, we uh, spent a month together on a bus, me and David. I slept right across from him, woke up next to him every morning. That was pretty funny. <laughs> uh, and Bill slept above me. <laughs> and uh, Doug McKenzie slept above me on the other side. And Danny slept beneath me. <laughs> so it was a big old magic sandwich in that little thing. Uh, yeah, I mean, God, I could go on for hours. But let's just say, you know, working for David is grueling and difficult. But we do have a lot of fun as well. Um, interesting question here. This is from TKH. 
Um, he's asking about uh, basically the three magi, which is what you guys call yourselves. It's right. kind of this core group of New York magicians, um, a lot of which obviously are now in the in or around the David Blaine office. Uh, TKH, post number 29, asks, uh, how did all of you meet? How did you later get hooked up with uh, with David? How did this whole thing come about? Well, it's, it's funny. It all started in Philadelphia, actually, where I uh, worked at a magic store called Hocus Pocus. Uh, a while back, and um, that's where I met Bob Smith, who came in and uh, showed some stuff for me and blew me away, and I really you know, loved his style of magic, and he saw me do a really crappy double lift. makes fun of me for it every day. True. It wasn't as bad, though, as he said. And, uh, no, it wasn't. And uh, then we met uh, Dizzle Danny House uh, after that, and you know we've been together ever since. <laughs> Uh, we starved and we uh, suffered in a one-room apartment off of South Street in Philadelphia where uh, we just came up with so much magic, still so much magic that we haven't even really shown anybody or talked about since uh, those days about seven years ago, actually. And, uh, you know, we would go out in the street and do magic all the time and film it. And uh, we did it really just for ourselves. Um, you know, we had no real plans with what we wanted to do with it. We had ideas for TV shows and stuff like that, but everything just sort of fell into place, and we uh, put everything else in our lives aside just for the art of magic. And honestly, it was some of the best times of our lives, I believe. And it's, you know, it's nice to see that we're still going with it, and it's still sort of been successful for us. Um, Bob Smith, B. Yes. Smith. This one comes from Theory GV on uh, post number 34. Um, we were just talking about this earlier today about... Um, youth of magic, next generation of magic, finding a performance style that works for them across uh, various types of effects and uh, various types of performances. So finding your own self. The post asks, how did you ever find your performing style and what tips could you give someone for finding a good performance style of their own? Um, it comes with time. It comes with uh, a lot of, you can't just dive into a performing style. It kind of finds itself um, I think we go through stages as magicians and we, we try to like do, we try to like become this image of what we think we should be or we sh the mold we think we should fit. And then um, as we move past that and we start coming up with our own things and our own ideas and, and doing effects our own way, we kind of carve out slowly, but we carve out something that's kind of more connected to who we really are as people. And um, if we integrate what we think about in life and, and, how we feel in life uh, and, and like some of the things that we, we go through in our personalities, our attitudes. Um, if we integrate that into our magic and make that truly us, then the magic is truly us. It's, it's not like a, you're doing an act when you do magic. It's your being yourself doing magic. Um, and, and that's what I feel like, you know, I try to like in my, some of my like uh, parlor acts, I try to really focus on things that I like to talk about in life and things that like I, I've always questioned in life. Like I talk about, you know, like things that we don't know, uh, reality and, and the, the bit pretty much things that I think about, like, why are we here? What is our purpose? You know, where are we going? The, the fundamental questions that we've always asked throughout history that we can never really answer. Um, and I try to integrate that and I, I kind of connect magic with that because magic brings that feeling of not knowing. And I, I really like that feeling of not knowing. And I try to add that into my character and try to like make it all work just by being myself. So that's important to do. Once you get an arsenal of tricks and a good uh, foundation, try to just put your own personality into it. 
Uh, this is a non-serious question. Um, comes from Magic Man three eight four, who calls himself Danny G's homeboy, which is ironic because Dan White is Danny G's homegirl. So you guys could start a family, be together forever. He asks, who yeah. who is the funniest person yeah. out of who is the funniest person out of your team of consultants, and who is the most serious person? I pretty much know the answer to this. But yeah, well, I think I think his the name of your uh, your name actually or your picture avatar is uh, correct. For the funniest. For the funniest. He is indeed uh, the funniest person I know ever. That is Danny Garcia. I just got off the phone with him, and he did make me laugh. He did. We're trying to get him But wait, wait, wait. Dan House is pretty pretty funny as well. I don't know. He's funny, but Danny Garcia is like the magic jester of Theory 11 slash David Blaine world. Yeah. And who would you say is the most serious? I wonder. Um, It'd probably be me, I think. I don't think you're... You compared to Bill Kalush? Oh, yeah, like, Kalush is definitely... (laughs) (laughs) Bill Kalush, I would say, would be the most serious and contemplative. Um, Dan White, another question for you comes from post number 51. I'm not going to try to pronounce your username. I would just say it ends in a number. Um, 99-2000. Exactly. What sparked your interest in exile? Um, I had seen this uh, months after you had... I don't think it really takes much to describe that. You see it, and that's pretty much it. It's really, you know, it's magic. It's... It's a beautiful, beautiful effect. I think you all have seen it, and you've all you know, realized how beautiful it is. And, uh, this was something different. You know, I remember when I first saw it, it's not like an ultra-visual effect that's like some stunner. It's just like you see it, and it's like artwork. It's like a matrix, and it's right, just it's simple. It's simple. It's clean. And it's not like, you know, it's simple. You don't have to say a word while you do it. It's all very obvious, and it, you know, it's what a magic trick should be. Um, question for B. Smith. This one comes from D34THGOD. I don't know what that means, but it's post number 55, and he asks, um, interesting point. Daniel Madison had death a God. video. Um, yes, Death God, I believe is the username. Yes. Daniel Madison had a video that was posted in the media section called Artist Manifesto, and he was talking about how the older generation of magic um, can sometimes dislike or disrespect younger magicians, the next generation, due to their style, due to what their likes and dislikes are, et cetera. Deno Madison, just to be fair, also made the counterpoint of how the younger generations often uh, disrespect or discount the older generation of magic due to the older generation of magic's um, likes or dislikes. What are your thoughts on that? Um, that's, a, that's a good observation. I think uh, what it really comes down to when you really break it down and think about it is magic is an art and that's and an art really has no definition. I mean, whatever you like to do, whatever you can do, you should be able to do it. But it's important that when you do something and you like something, you should respect what other people like to do at the same time because then it's not, it's not fair. Um, like, I mean, you might not have to personally be like someone that would do what you other, see other people do like do like or, or get into that but you should still respect it because uh you want them to respect you um and i think we need to roll we need to wrap this up because it's ending the time and uh we're kind of getting to the last of the page of questions that i'm looking at as we speak so the last question is going to come from me um and this one is to uh to dan white and it hasn't really been addressed yet, but I was just, I, I kind of, I wasn't able to watch the full special. We were all at the site of the stunt when the special aired. Um, I wasn't able to uh, watch it live with Dan White because Dan White was running around taking pictures and I was on the, on the computer. And I was on the computer for most of the special releasing Exile. Um, so I did not get to see it. I watched most of the special next to Bill Kalush. Um, but what, what were your thoughts 
on seeing you know, over a year's thought, over a year's work on the magic of this special, over a year and a half of trying to find effects and to locate the best of the best. What were your feeling of seeing that on the show that's this a, year? That's a good question, Bamie. Very good question, because while I was watching it, I, you know, I mean, it might sound cheesy, but I was sort of, you know, shaking a little bit because I was, I was so proud that all of this stuff was finally, uh, you know, getting out there for so long, you know, we have to keep these things secret. Um, you know, I was really proud because I thought a lot of the things looked really good, and I, I enjoyed watching everybody at the stunt live, uh, watching them and reacting to the, the different things, and so it felt really good, and, uh, you know, all the hard work sort of paid off. And uh, you know, I was really happy. So, Good and question. just as a side note, there's a lot of magic that is was created for the special. That was uh, yeah. There was there's tons of tricks that we uh, created, developed, made, routined, everything that uh, didn't make it or weren't wasn't filmed. So you know, eventually those will probably. Uh, make it with David because they're really good effects. Yes, and that's not to say they were cut uh, due to lack of quality. Some of the stuff was some of the best things. Time constraints. Time constraints and just some things just got disappeared. But uh, anyways, we need to roll. We need to wrap this up. This is a... You know, I do want to say one thing. A lot of people ask the question if I am related to David. Uh, And I saw that maybe about six or seven times on this thing. (laughs) And uh, just to clarify, I am not. It is a coincidence that both of our last names are white. Uh, but no, I'm not related to David. He is not Asian. Although they do talk exactly the same, and if any of you ever um, hear the, their voices on the phone, right. Dan, Dan White has this thing where he likes to call me and pretend like he's David for at least two minutes until I Bay realize me. it's not. Baby, what are you doing? <laughs> and then I realize it's not David, and What's it's Dan. Going? Right. And he likes to do this once a week, but it's all in good fun. Um, so hope all of you enjoyed the coverage of Dive of Death that we gave you guys this past week from the inside out it's been fun guys and i really appreciate everybody who stopped by to say hi it was really nice to see uh you guys especially i saw the passion of for magic in your eyes and it was awesome it was very reinvigorating to see people come out we had a ton of magicians we had sometimes 15 20 magicians there at a time all sessioning in a corner all sessioning in a corner and playing with our cards we had uh, you know big names there came out to you know chill with everybody it was great so hope everyone liked it. Hope everyone liked the special, the magicness, um, and lots more to come. That wraps up this week's Saturday Night Contest Roundtable Discussion. Uh, B. Smith, say what's up and bye. What's up and bye. And uh, we'll chat with you guys next week. Peace. Peace.